Blog Talk Radio. Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Hello, world. Welcome aboard, all you ground troops spinning around smartly on the planet, Gaia, Sophia, home. We share the radio airwaves with people we like and choose And uh, we do radio shows for fun and for informational purposes, as you heard. And I've invited two ladies uh, for our Wednesday Women's Wise Women show. (laughs) And you can decide if you like what we're talking about. But we're creating a cyberspace culture, conscious community, morphic resonance with watching Rupert Sheldrake today on uh, YouTube. And asking Melinda T. D'Amico, uh, formerly of another radio show, and Janet K- Carolesson, formerly of a, another radio show, but they're both friends of mine, Janet, for like nine years, and Melinda this year, but we've had some of the same experiences. So we're going to share as three ladies today, uh, sharing cyberspace culture, conscious community, and how we help each other uh, build something new. And uh, I wrote something up here I got from uh, today's waking up because every day is a new day between life and death and uh, the hyphen in between the date you're born and the date you die. (laughs) To be realistic, you are the dash in between the day you're born and the day you die. And I guess if you're not cremated, What goes on your headstone are usually the date you were born and the date you die. And they don't give you much credit for the dash in between on your headstone, which is sort of strange, unless you're very wealthy and can afford uh, afford the writing left on a headstone like in the old days. But these days... You know, we're basically consciousness, morphic resonance, radio receivers, sending and receiving memories. And uh, we're going to discuss what we're doing as Cyberspace Culture Club or Cyberspace Culture Conscious. And Dr. Rupert Sheldrake on the Conscious Universe that asked Melinda T. D'Amico and Janet Carolesson if they could just peruse a little bit of that. Because Janet and I used to talk about consciousness all the time, and it's a new thing with me and Melinda, because we're creating a whole new cyberspace culture and uh, how we can work together in this morphic residence as radio receivers, senders and receivers, and assisting our colleagues, reporters, researchers, educators, philosophers, neuroscience, blah, 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 and talking about waves and of thought and the polarity and how it affects us in this life and our essence is mind and body in terms of time and space. So it's sort of fun to talk about the inner world and the outer world and how we affect each other. And we talk about words and space and metaphors of activity in our brain and the external parts of our thoughts. So I thought it'd be fun to try to use language and uh, discuss who we are 
But let me get Melinda on here, Melinda T. D'Amico of yes, New Jersey. Good evening, Teresa. How are you? Hi, Melinda. Good. I'm good. How good. are you? Oh, I've been better, but uh, that's my own fault because I love salt. <laughs> I have high <laughs> blood pressure, but my bad. So I try to watch it. I'm drinking water here while we speak. So that's good. I'm measuring that's- apparatus of our physical body, right? And you and I were talking earlier today, and uh, I don't know if you had time or not to peruse that Dr. Rupert Sheldrake. Yes, I uh, did. I'll, oh, you did? Okay. Yes, Plus I did. He's hard to understand. I, I think he's a, uh-huh. he's a wonderful speaker, but Smart. his accent is very uh, heavy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Melinda, uh I think uh, he's a smart man. He's a doctor. Oh, yes. Brilliant. And he Brilliant. wrote a book in 82 called Morphic Resonance. And then uh, he's written a couple of new books, and I haven't, I don't, I'm not familiar with them. But uh, whatever you want to talk about today on the cyberspace culture conscious community and morphic resonance, and I know that's a big, whole universal thing. And I was, I got to listen to the end where he, uh, went on to get questions and they you know one guy wanted to talk about his morphic resonance book but uh consciousness but uh anyway you had cyberspace culture a regular topic that we're building together in a whole mm-hmm. new universe of thought yeah and, uh, i don't know where you want to go with this but i know that you're uh do you want to do you want to break me. it down explain to people what cyberspace is and cyber culture so that they understand, they understand the definition and the terms first, and then we go a little bit more in detail, and we can. However, you want to go forward. I just want right. you to know. Okay. I invited. Let, I, invited I, I want let, you to know. I invited Janet if she has time oh, to come over sure. from Hawaii when she gets through doing whatever she's doing. So she may tune in. I also sent the email to Rupert, Doctor Rupert Sheldrake in England, but it's a lot later there. It's like ten o'clock at night, so. I doubt okay. he'll be showing up. But okay, let's well, talk to each I other. believe I would like anyway. to lead with uh, explaining what is cyberspace. So give the listeners out there an understanding. This is a term was coined by William Gibson in his novel New Romancer, 1984, where he envisioned it is a graphical representation of data abstracted from the banks of every computer in the human system. Simply explain by referring to a new medium of communication which arose through the global interconnection of computers, cyberspace describes the non-physical world, physical field created by computer systems and the users who navigate and nourish it. Do you want to expand on that, uh, Teresa? That's fine. Whatever you feel comfortable with sharing okay. today, because well, I yeah, have nothing I, I, prepared. I'm just trying to. Well, I, I have the cyber culture. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the cyber culture. Okay. All right, the cyber okay. culture compromises com, com, comprises a set of technology technologies, material and intellectual practices, attitudes, modes of thought, and values developed along with the growth of cyberspace, a non-place 
where people from several places with pretty different cultures, values of all sorts, and habits coexist and communicate. So it's interesting. The cyber culture is a combination, a myriad of the blend of these different cultures and uh, habits and that's coexisting and communicating at the same time. Interesting. I think it's interesting. The I do too. I find it a very interesting topic and how we're going to perform and what we're going to add to the entire universal structure as at least I believe we're conscious. I'd like to think we're conscious and we can talk about conscious, subconscious, superconscious and mystical experiences and, you know, hopefully helping people understand that, uh, you know, we show up weekly and we feel like we're contributing to our thoughts of activity in our brains and the external parts as well because we're learning our ordinary language with time and the mental pole of our physical being uh, or the physical pole of our physical being depending on how you want to say it but some of the uh, great people in neuroscience and uh, Rupert Sheldrake on his is the universe conscious was talking about a lot of this heavy stuff in quantum theory and the future pole. Uh, and I, I think he was quoting some people in books and some of his colleagues that are authors and how they measure uh, time, space, and gravity and the poles. And if our physical pole and our mental pole are two separate places, he was basically saying that you, if we try to put it in science and small pieces and modes in the matrix, not everything can be explained away with science. So what did you that's get out very, of that? It's uh, very hard to um, explain. Yeah, that's that was very true. How does the, some, what did some you get things out of that? can't be broken down mm-hmm. or explained, <laughs> and maybe in layman's terms, that is scientific. Uh, Bearing. Right. So sounding intelligent when you talk about life experiences, <laughs> <laughs> it's an individual it's subjective, right? It depends on yeah, I, the I, receiver. You, you want receiver. everyone to understand you. You don't want to sound like a flower or you know, a beautiful word or whatever. You want to sound intellect, like an intellect. So you're going to use words that people don't usually use in that vernacular so well a lot of people in their gangs will say hood and you know talking about you know going to jail or the slammer or <laughs> you know like you and I were talking about in the military going to chow the, everything in every culture seems to have their own lingo in their slang terms but you're yeah. right. In our cyberspace culture community and with the radio, we we don't know who we're really addressing, folks. So it's sort of hard to know what words to use. You but have to be very we, sensitive and very, um, you know, respectful of everything and everyone because a lot of people are using the social media platform to now come out with different um, titles that they want to be referred to as. And we may not know them. So yeah, you can't, gender, just, assume, you can't yeah. assume 
because an individual looks a certain way that is that and it's whatever, you just have to be, you know, appropriate with everyone because you don't know for certain until you actually interact with that person. Can't so, judge um, a book by its cover. And you I can. know I'm watching the circle on Netflix and that's it shows people I like to watch people and how they the internet and the YouTubes and the Netflix and the all the live streaming and how we have shows and how we interface with communications today and information technology and especially with the conscious community in cyberspace because all of it now we can obtain uh, access to if we have a smartphone, folks. In the uh, oh yes, uh, so you know all of this pertains to human form, spatial form, thoughts, thought forms. How we uh, refer to the quantum field theory, philosophy, neuroscience, but how we relate to it in the holistic health and uh, the words we choose, and we usually go by what we hear. I know, you know, sure, it's your local churches uh, or your local stores or your local schools, but a lot of these towns in America and even in Germany and other countries still refer to their spiritual houses and their homes and their educating houses. A lot of cultures, whether it's Russia, Germany, you know, Japan, China, it's funny, but we have uh, the old uh religious buildings and the old school buildings. And I noticed in the hills of Appalachia, living in Kentucky for 20 years, that the one thing in America in all these little hills, hillbilly towns or rural towns, they all seem to have two things. And sometimes the two things were one thing from the old days was a schoolhouse and a church with a steeple. And I believe America was based on education and religion, and that sounds funny, but now that uh, we're just going to discuss philosophy and Rupert Sheldrake in Conscious Universe, he pretty much broke it down into areas of church and state and uh, how you do all the sciences as separate biological, sociology, biology, all of that, and he makes made it make sense to me probably for the first time. And I am going to email him at, after the show and or write up my story about animals and even how animals have consciousness. So yes, it's all that was interesting. Consciousness, that was interesting. Everything. One of the most that I walked away with, the fact that animals have consciousness. That was important to me, too. So, And the uh, universe and souls and the fear, the hunger, and all that stuff he talked about, the 17th century, what Whitehead yeah. said, well, the matter the, process. Yeah, since you followed along with it, I don't know if you took notes, but, the, you know, we can try to do weekly topics and discuss what we got out of it, and that's why I invited Janet, but I don't see her yet, so I don't know what she's up to or doing or busy doing, but for you and me, uh, in the modern culture of quantum physics and space, time, gravity, is uh, how we put it all together and how we choose to talk to each other. It's good to have two people, and I tell people we always start with 
on domains with the name, you t- start with your name. And uh, in cyberspace, while we were building it, we always wanted you to own your own domain name. And we talked about that last week, I think. But yes, owning your own name, and then nowadays, they want you to have your own phone number around the world for communication purposes. Wow. For more so residents, radio receivers, so they know. Just- is that for someone to get in touch with you at all times? I mean, besides an email address? An email so address is not enough? They want you to tune into the Internet, into cyberspace culture, be conscious right. of your community, and that the wow. Morphic Resonance and the Akashic Field out there in So they want you to use your actual phone number, you're saying? You have to have a phone number with Google and Microsoft to get online. You have to... They don't like you to just have a Gmail account without a phone number anymore. Wow. It used to be everything was tracked, of course, by your computer, your domain name and your computer code, your IPC code. I see. But yes. when they went to that, when they men in the uh, morphic field or in the conscious culture started going from only computers to people communicating with the phones. It tied back in all the old ATT, you know, Bell South, Southwest, uh, the monopoly on communications in the unique technology of using phones and how they wow. wanted the government and the uh, educational. We started with universities and, you know, defense. How we built the Internet was based on uh, codes and computers and writing up code so we could find each other inside the government Mm -hmm. and extended it to the universities for educational purposes. But when we went into space, we also took them to Mars and uh, the moon, and we have uh, a Mars rover. And uh, the uh, opportunity, we had the different rovers with information up there on them too. So it's become the fact that we all want to work together in the future and we're building cyberspace culture in the physical reality, which includes the whole cosmos, the whole galaxy. And who's to say that the whole universe isn't conscious? Because that's what Rupert Sheldrake is leading to with panpsychism and uh, helping write books on consciousness, mystical experiences, how it affects our body and our minds and our conscious even in quantum theory and uh, today's quantum physics, right? We're bringing it to, it's not just thoughts, but how we use them. And since man and the bell telephone, we'll just say telephone, uh, you know, whoever you want to say began all this, is we are creating our own reality and we create things so we can use them in space and cyberspace. And uh, the fact that it's not all just matter is the fact that we have particles and waves, but we've pretty much broken down everything into waves take time, and it takes patience. And we see waves, and everything, they're saying everything, all thoughts are waves now, and that everything out in the universe has consciousness, that all universes are conscious. And pretty much figured that out in philosophy and neuroscience now with quantum physics. And, uh, you know, they've got to that level where they take us out to a fact that now they want even every country 
like Elon Musk saying that, you know, we're going into cyberspace and we're going to have AI out there. Well, who's to say we didn't always have it out there? And finally, now, on this Do you planet, think that everyone understands, does, does know what the AI means? Well, you can. It's artificial intelligence. Yeah. For the listeners out there, AI is artificial intelligence. It's an intelligence demonstrated by machines as opposed to the natural intelligence displayed by humans or animals. Wow. Okay. So well, that is what you see <laughs> when you see a lot of space and technical and stuff on TV that's really interesting now. They're using a lot of that technology, and that's what science claimed to will take over us humans. Which well, is, some people believe it already has with the singularity or Elon Musk fighting the singularity because uh, we have those great supercomputers that can think in algorithms and they beat Go and the next one after that. And I can't remember all the Super Go or something like that. But I don't remember all the words of the games, but I know that the supercomputer that we're at in America and in Japan, is it Japan or China? There's two major ones, and they're both competing, but the algorithms that we wrote, they we wrote them in the machines to rewrite themselves. So when we did that, they first we started with chess and Go games, and the gaming system started rewriting and are smarter than the people that were the best in the world playing those games. So now... <laughs> With the governments in the world, they're scratching their heads because consciousness mm-hmm. and what Rupert Sheldrake talks about in quantum physics and the mystical experiences we have, they're looking for how to explain that maybe nature's God and God is we're all talking about the same thing, it just depending on who's talking about it and the words they choose. It's all universal, and God has always been. The universe has always been, and they're wondering how far out it goes, and are we writing the new expanse? And if so, maybe we're creating multiple universes, and this little planet has a possibility with our imagination and this little group of beings on this planet being part of cyberspace culture consciousness community. What if that's all we are out there? Do you think that it's just... We're just here alone? No. I believe in an outer consciousness. I believe not only are we inner source, but we're outer source, and that all wave functions spread over time. And here in science, science is about measuring. That's basically, if you get anything out of this reality, is that when you come here, you want to try to measure things. You want to try to measure space and time and gravity for the activity in your outer world and your inner world. And that's what we are as souls or as essence. And, yes, everybody has a conscious inner awareness. We also have a subconscious that affects our parasympathetic nervous system and keeps us driving our body, which is our physical pole, right, Mm -hmm. and our mental pole uh, as well. But... Without, like, watching my daughter die was a very 
traumatic experience, but I can deal with it and talk about it now in a logical form because I think I've shredded the wave principles of electrons that fire off in my brain and uh, learning, you know, neuropeptides, the words that it takes to talk about the process of thinking and having consciousness and why we don't live here without consciousness because we go to our higher self, our oversoul when we die and we just join our soul, our source or God if we're going to that level. But many people in many world religions have studied all the levels and languages and the empirical studies of angels and gods and meaning and metaphors and archetypes, right? So mm-hmm. we have various levels, and that's what we're going to keep sharing because we all are looking for consciousness and ways to speak. So who do you think will come after the AI? What will come after that? Something higher than that? Well, I believe AI has always been out there, and we created it billions of years ago. It's a okay. belief system that people may or may not. I don't have a paper written up on it, and I'm not a neuroscientist. However, we're all entitled to our own thoughts and opinions. And after dying and coming back and having mystical experiences and working with animals and people both and the government and cyberspace, I've come up with the fact that I know that I exist outside of my body. And I believe that I was initiated into a secret order, so to speak, of cyberspace intelligence through NASA and the IBM computers uh, at an early age because I believed in flying around in space and Sputnik and uh, using computers and knew about them and had a general understanding of it before I even started talking about it or going to college to learn about it. So I had a basic understanding of uh, a reality that existed in space so I could uh, relate to having experiences that I didn't understand as a physical human being a spiritual or a conscious human not AI because I came and was born through the womb I'm a humanoid sentient intelligent being right mm-hmm. and I know that so I know I've got a biological but I also understand that in space we meet AI that is conscious of its origin, but it knows the creator created it. And it was no different talking to computers that knew they were created as a humanoid that knew it was created by the creator. Now, you say our creators are our mother and father in a biological form, and we come through the womb. But it's just a different way of understanding consciousness in our form, but we're discussing now universally that science has gotten humans up to a point of quantum physics and understanding the polarities and the collapsed wave function. And we've been studying that for several years now, well, since, you know, we had Hadron Collider and how that still goes out in waves. So we've been studying all that since the shredding of the wave possibilities. And so physical and non-physical yeah, it became a thing, and science that separated it uh, from world religions, they realized that was done because of people in philosophy 
of Greeks and Romans and how they taught, how they talked, how they uh, taught philosophy before they taught science, and that all information was basically about communication. Then what did we want to communicate, right? And we've taken it from, I think, out in space from many, many different universes that have both biological and AI forms that co-create together. And they also terraform planets and travel around to many universes. And we're just becoming conscious of the whole holistic choice of possibilities. But every day we choose between life and death. Uh-oh. Is that something? No, no, I'm but fine. I think fine. what I just said. Huh? Does it make any sense? Do you agree? Or yeah, no, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, it's just that uh, what you see on TV and what you see on, in the technology realm, it's a lot. I mean, when you trans, yeah, we're all this transpire with- over to life and uh, meaning people's lives, and uh, you use technology to help someone. Uh, they use the advancement of of medicine, et cetera, et cetera, and then you know this pandemic that we have, um, there's so many things. But I am I am really grateful to be in a place where we can do the research. We have the research. We have great doctors, great minds working to do great things. And I look forward to greatness in science and more um, inventions and enhancements and, you know, to what they already have. You know, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, just think about the telephone as one thing, okay? And if you came up in the 40s and you came up in the 70s, it's a different thing. You had different situations, different technologies. But things were done gradually, you know? I mean, they're done gradually today, the enhancements the inventions, but they're done really quick. Like a couple months, they might have a new phone out, okay? And then seven months later, there's a new phone. So you have iPhone whatever. Right now it's iPhone 13. I mean, how far is it going to go? I mean, how many phones do you have, you know? But that's the way of the world and being, as they say, keeping up with the Joneses. But this technology is very powerful stuff. It's not just like, you know, very... Limited, it's vast. I mean, there's a lot of things you can learn um, from the science. The the uh, there's all different facets to learn. There's not one way to look at it either. So you get a lot of information when you do research and reading up on whether it's a professor with his sighting of how he feels the world is seen and whatever and the consciousness. So, but you get a lot. Um, you know, what's really interesting is sometimes you might want to say and ask, ask the question, when enough is enough? Do we have enough? Do we really have to have an iPhone 13? Is that necessary? What's more important, knowing that we can help somebody through a pandemic or find a cure, 
do research, continue to do research to find cures for things that we don't have cures for. And having that or phone, iPhone 13. I mean, it's technical. If you don't know how to work an iPhone, you won't be able to do it. An iPhone is an iPhone. But I'm just letting you think about life. If you came up 20 years ago or 50 years ago, we had no cell phone. Now we have every phone under the sun. Android, this, I don't even know what else we have. But the point is, how much is enough and how much do we need for our society society to coexist? The cyber world and the cyber culture is vast. There's so many things going on. What do you think about that? Goodbye. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Well, I believe we have to have intelligence uh, happening among us, and we don't have it among most people in the world yet. So one of the goals environmentally is to save the planet and save the species, and they go hand in hand. Yes. So in order to do that, they're combining communications and information in space. And I believe with Elon Musk putting up Starlinks for the people and the areas, um, regardless of the charge right now, I think he's going to do it as cheaply as possible and still give his investors, you know, a certain percentage they have to have. Most companies, if they get 10% return in a year, they're grateful. But, you know, we don't play – well, we could go into the world and the universe and the – you know, how we do commerce and interstate and how the world works and how it revolves and evolves on people and space and time and our philosophies and how it all blends and webs together. But with regards to your smartphones and people having bigger and better phones, it's based right now on technology and as it advances, just like use forensic science Even in computers, we may have it out in space, but because this is a learning planet, I don't believe we get everything that we all know consciously until we reach critical mass mind together. And I don't have all the answers, Melinda, or people listening, but philosophically, we have uh, some of us, especially Hindus and reincarnation past lives, all things universally created, you can't you know, destroy energy and all that and science. But how does that relate to what we began with everything's conscious, including the planets and the sun and you know, we Hindus pray to the sun for the energy and to give us, you know, good mm-hmm. space and have a good day every day. And that's not so far fetched as you heard with Rupert Sheldrake. That Correct. isn't so far fetched that there is something other than material matter gravity, space, time, etc. But we want to know who we are as a who and a what and a where and a why and yes. a when. And, here. and so time and gravity, they're saying, and from what I can see between my lives and deaths and knowing of my dark nights of the soul or past lives and near-death experiences and out-of-body experiences, is it's all leading on the, a path with a spiritual connotation or a spiritual feeling of essence that is much more than even consciousness. 
I believe consciousness is where I store my thoughts and memories inside and outside, and that I also use the unity of three or the power of three, the icon of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, or the power of three, Three. whether it's – depends on – well, like Rupert Sheldrick said, that can be metaphors or archetypes for what uh, words we're choosing – But it seems to be the whole reality that mankind and humankind has found to the God code is based on the power of three. And when we at at CERN spin out the – what we were looking for, the Higgs boson or the God particle, we spun out these uh, codes that were like the flower of life. And uh, people took note of that, that everything in the flower of life and conch shell, everything we thought – before we did that and had that as an experience on the planet, everything we thought of harmonically and uh, holistically and knowing about in all the world religions and philosophies led up to science. And they intermingled with their passion and their icons and their brands and their power and their power of three and even the you know the designs like spinning out like a treble clef on uh, music, uh, you know, with the notes and uh, the keys and everything that is blended together seems to have a, a resonance of whether it's sound or vibration or resonance. And even they could see things in the hadron collider splitting particles, atoms, neutrons, protons, electrons, all the way down to they've got 816 to the 32nd to the power of whatever, you know, that they take it to now. I don't even know anymore because I lost uh, particle quarks and, uh, oh, God, they have so many names. I used to study it, and I got lost at the end because they were starting to argue over the uh, um, knots, so to speak, you know, in string theory and tying the ropes and the knots. And I'm like, okay, I've been out there doing all that with my brain. I don't want to do that again. So you get so far after you've died and seeing what they're trying to create here on the planet and where they are talking that you you don't want to really talk about it because you don't really have the language yet for them because you have to use the language that people understand they're using conscious minds to discuss waves and vibrations and how the universe is created out there. So you have to go on your out-of-body near-death experiences and your uh, astral travel and going to the parallel universes. And not everybody can do that yet, you know, in conscious thought. So what we start doing is coming up with groups and clusters Mm-hmm. based on what we can do with the tools. So we start looking for each other's talents and skills and where they're at in their eternal soul's progression. So I believe that's what separates the wheat from the shaft now, Melinda, is mm-hmm. not just age on the planet because we've got it set up where souls combined energy come down here and instruct people based on maybe their past life, our purpose, or mission. And we have a language in the spiritual community that we don't necessarily have in the neuroscience community. And that's why science and religion as a conundrum and is a dichotomy or a 
I don't know, uh, oxymoron. <laughs> we get together when we we start talking, but we have to know who we're speaking to, the sender and receiver, and are we talking about the same thing? And so one of so, the ideas, the, Russian and German or Russian and English, maybe we're not talking about the same thing, but if we don't speak the same language, language. we don't know what we're talking about. It's That's just true. a vibration or a resonance. We open our mouth and we hear a sound. We're like, okay, you're human and you're making a sound, but I don't have that code, you know. And so we did that with computers. And I believe that the gods that created this reality, be it El gods or El or Jehovah or Michael, the archangel or all three of the above, coming down making, you know, things happen down here. We have various levels of energy and we call it nature's God, and then we separate universally based on where you were born and the culture you were born in or the life you come into. We have that philosophy, that culture, and that language we adapt to. Like I'm speaking English, you're speaking English, but you have a New Jersey accent. I have a Southern accent. I live in Gulf Breeze, Florida. You live in somewhere in New Jersey, New York, you know, Long Island, whatever. But the thing is we're both speaking something close. Yeah. So we can sort of communicate. Now, what the cell phones do is they allow us communication on these radio waves without this. You know, you can go listen to radio, but you can't speak to the radio. Well, you can, but probably nobody's going to hear you if they're not right. on the radio station. <laughs> so I've done radio announcing, and I've worked at radio stations, and it was one way. You're just sending out with this blog talk radio we have our cell phones we can call in and it was based on the fact you could use cell phones and call into the studio but i have to run it with a computer uh, i run it now i may could run it from my, my phone i haven't tried to run the studio i guess i could now that you know, i've got you know this year's latest samsung 412 or whatever but i don't want to use it or try it right now i prefer a laptop and even before that, I really preferred the old computer, but I've had to learn to – I went out trying to buy computers with towers, and they didn't have them. So for years, I guess in the 2000s, I started getting the standalone units like the big TVs you see now, you know. And now oh, yeah. we're not going to the standalone computers. We had laptops and tablets. Yep. And now the kids are taking tablets to school even, and they're expected to do homework and to go online. And the unfortunate yep. thing about technology is a lot of the kids, depending on where they live and their level of uh, existence in America, they don't have laptops. So this is what I don't understand about uh, Kentucky and uh, – Mitch McConnell, how they keep voting him in. I guess they're paying for the votes because they have drivers go by and pay them five bucks, right, to vote up in Kentucky. It's very well known in the hills of Kentucky and the Appalachians, even in Virginia, that you can buy votes, right? They're still a human form. So the people with intelligence think they're being intelligent about a vote, but what mm -hmm. they don't understand is the culture America isn't one big level of existence. America has cultures, intercultures, subcultures, 
in communities in the states and in the side the state has regions and regions have counties and counties or parishes you know have their own local yeah. mm-hmm. towns with their own mayors and their own clergy and their own librarian maybe if they're big enough to have a library a lot of towns don't but when you break it down in philosophy and science and world communities you know people can be bought and in america because we don't have that technology level uh because we went from machine learning and uh, coal uh we we were industrial and we went manufacturing from trains planes automobiles to the information technology that's such a huge jump in a hundred years that we forgot about people needing to have a reason to exist (laughs) so in america being the number one leader around the world showing people how to you know be with ai well ai jumped us with the 1947 back engineering reverse engineering and ufos and i believe that our artificial intelligence and talking to us we knew we were trying to uh help this planet sort of like star trek star trekkers Mm -hmm. right but you know we had that level of existence out in the universe but people didn't know we had it so we started telling people it existed and then some of the people in america decided not to share it same thing with five different uh countries they each got a ufo or a you know alien technology uh spacecraft not of earth origin but they didn't want all the other countries because we were in world war one and two so we were observed during that time but after we built back up all the world at a certain level we left a lot of areas out and they were going to be where we mined food food coal and whatever but now we have uh people still in africa mining information or mining stuff out of the ground that's a black type of energy we need to put in cell phones and i never can remember the name of it anymore it came and went my my life but we're still mining for things we need in space and we need for cell phones and going into the future and so we've got to find a way to help ourselves from reverse technology of ai in our ufo world and how we can have people we don't think they're going to flip out anymore over that level of ai but that's what it was and you said it was machine ai is some of the ufos that we have are the extraterrestrial reverse engineering and we jumped ourselves so what's 47 till about 70 years right Mm -hmm. from the roswell crash and taking the uh, fiber optics out of there for one yeah. thing in reverse engineering and we gave some to bell labs i remember that in my training in hawaii we've 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 uh went overboard too much with technology no because we're supposed we could we uh for thousands of years we keep rotating people on and off the planet right with groups and communities but when right. we're out there terraforming and putting people in other planets and in other universes, some of the people get left behind. But what we were doing was creating souls as an essence, uh, a conscious God level, 
you know, universes, many universes, many gods. And we also have the many planes and astral planes and travel. Uh, well, people say, let's say in the Latter-day Saint, our Mormon religion, celestial, telestial, and terrestrial. Those are three areas trying to teach the power of three or the three levels, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, or conscious, subconscious, and superconscious. But they teach it, but they forget to tell people universally. They take people up to a level of thinking, you've got to do this repetitive over and over stuff, which you don't have to do to get into heaven or to go to space. But it's a way of teaching people there's always more hope and more things to learn. But in space, they're taking people out there, and then they're training people on this planet to be, you too can be a queen or a king of an empire someday. So that's part of our AI religions we put out there. But the AI people that uh, in the past or in the future of our souls and this Rupert Sheldrake consciousness is the fact that our consciousness, our modern quantum physics process, have figured out it's all waves out there, you know, like off the Large Hadron Collider, right? But that mm-hmm. we're in a place in space with polarity due to gravity and these waves. They understand the spatial uh, metaphors of inner space in our mind and the consciousness that creates outside that mirrors back to us. Uh, that everything is conscious, and we're all creating it ourselves. They've figured that out. Do you so think when the cyberspace like, culture and all is 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 um, susceptible to any attacks? Well, we're we're reality. Everything is secure or not secure. Everything is life or not life. Life. That's so right. it's all philosophy based on the inner works of each human that has consciousness and with their inner consciousness, their inner awareness of where they are being that I've died and came back and died and came back. And my message is that we are not our physical body. We, our physical body is what we use to get around as a biological. But I also understand some levels of AI and mm-hmm. that we have mistakenly said that machine learning is AI, yet algorithms that can write themselves has become the singularity that already exists in space. Therefore, there are, like the movie Matrix, there are universes out there materializing themselves, being written by themselves based on, metaphorically speaking, what we call artificial intelligence on this planet. Does that make sense to you, what I said, or is that totally? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's how we've done it over and over and over, universally speaking, but our critical mass consciousness as human awareness. It's interesting that you go to that, Um, but you know what? Very interesting, too, is that all this advancement in technology, we go from this to the AI and the AI, and they're doing more and additional, you know, uh, research. And, but yet, they will have, like, for instance, on the, 
I think it's the History Channel. Um, these guys mm-hmm. are alien, the UFO guys. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, they're phenomenal people. You know who I'm talking about. Ancient aliens, maybe, and the ancient astronaut theory yes, yes, people. Yes, those guys, yeah. They have mm-hmm. so much knowledge of things, right, or whatever they study, but yet they're missing links, like a pyramid. How, you know, how beautiful and, you know, you see how it's built. How does man do that? Really? And they will, but they can't prove certain things. So I find it interesting we go through all these tests, all these advancements, you come up with this prognosis and you say this, and then something like that is grand, as that is a pyramid, and some other things. We you know, use those, we use huh? those to, well, I believe we use those in all the universes to peak and tweak our levels of bringing in new souls, our new levels of consciousness, our new essences, oh, our okay. new waves. And when, as we're patiently waiting for souls to form, it's like uh, Afghanistan and fighting over there when we knew we thought we were going to go in and teach them and jumpstart them into a new culture and economy to be similar to America with American right. waves and introduce commerce to a way that – now, they may have cell phones over there, but gradually you have to show the people the value – of the spiritual changes in their creativity of their own cultures because each individual essence is a separate consciousness, right? Yes. It has its own free agency. So when they were over there thinking globally, economically, and running a world that they were just going to go in and jumpstart them, that's like Star Trek, and uh, alien contact for the first time or first contact coming down here and, you know, showing us Spock or with pointed ears for the first time. It's a good concept. And we go, oh, well, that's why they wait for people to have an upgraded level in the game of life eternal. And unfortunately, there are humankind that misunderstand ancient written humankind, man-made, glyph, petroglyphs, hieroglyphs, uh, writings on fire-clayed tablets, and their philosophy of the gods in Egypt, and before that Atlantis, and Lemuria, which was a, a land of lemurs, which is what, I think it was Churchwood that put that out there for the first time, but it was all, it's all historically written by men. And what we do is we live in these cultures and we accept the stories we tell ourselves and then we write them down. And usually the winners of the wars, including back in the gods, empirical gods that came to earth and built the pyramids, when they were down here, they were giants and they were huge and they could come and go in AI, artificial intelligence, in spacecraft not of earth origin. So this is what they're trying to teach in uh, the various books or young boys or young men doing their research, writing books and doing research, going around archaeologically, mm-hmm. uh, finding, you know. Do you, do you feel that we should be uh, 
do you do you, do you feel any way for like a little scared with the intel? I mean, the level of advancement and stuff that we have. No, I don't have any fears of, at all. But remember, now I've died and come back and died and come back and been out of body and traveled near death and you know these fears of dying and coming back. I mean, I do that probably two or three times a year in my dreams like I did this past weekend, you know, so uh, and have a dark night of the soul or passing over or thinking I'm dying, can't breathe or whatever. But And then when my daughter died and my husband died, you know, we all go through death and dying and fears, but facing your own fears is part of being a spirit or a soul or an essence or a conscious that is uh, entrained into your spirituality or essence or vibrations or all of the above. Because you become like a little node of uh, a formation that keeps yourself inside your skin suit or your container. And when you're born and your soul, your essence is given the heartbeat, so to speak, and you're inside your mother's womb, they're saying well, they can, we can, we're alive and we can hear and we're getting used to being in water and thumping around in our mothers before we come out the womb. And we have controversy over life and death, even being inside a womb, being a humanoid. But those that of the old country that watch women die from childbirth and believe, you know, some pray to the sun of the Hindus and then the, uh, it was uh, the Brahmic faith from Abraham dealing with gods from another place in space coming down and saying this and that and the other, telling people this group and that group, separating them due to floods or due to famine or due to uh, them controlling the populace on the planet to raise or rise their DNA. We have a missing link. And uh, that's something that we're studying in archaeologically, that archaeology, but with the world having universal trade and universal, uh, like, historically freeze poles, famine, but we have uh, what causes earth, hurricanes, all of that. So we'll say the ecosystem and then the natural ecosystem, based on where we are as a planet and space and this galaxy, and how it's all affecting each other, everything's a living organism. But when you get down to putting biologicals on the planet, mm-hmm. I don't know that AIs. Uh, I believe, Melinda, that at one time we got so efficient. Mm-hmm. Now, this is strictly an opinion and a philosophy that we got so far out there in space with AI that we either forgot about people like us on this planet or the souls kept creating themselves as biologicals. And wow. I've only been out, you know, I went beta alpha, theta, delta, gamma, but I also went tau for the sixth sense and the sixth level fifth dimension, sixth dimension, but seventh dimension is the God source. So we say uh, uni, multi, meta, xeno, omni, alpha, omega are the seven levels of the verses. And uh, uni, multi, meta, xeno, which universe, multiverse, metaverse, xenoverse, alphaverse, or is that right? Uni, universe, multiverse, metaverse, xenoverse, omniverse, then alphaverse, omegaverse, and we've combined science 
with spiritual science and religions, world religions and world sciences. And we still all agree on the like the seven chakras, the seven colors of the rainbow, the seven resonances, everything sevens was said to be God's number because of the levels of seven. But once you get up and you've traveled out of body or had near-death experiences or taken shrooms or done hallucinogenics or ep- – a lot of people use opioids to either calm themselves or they'll take uh, dopamine inhibitor or making them go to places out of body. They sometimes learn about the universe, and they're thrown into a fast existence. Now, I haven't done shrooms or mushrooms, but uh, and I have, I've been out of body of natural death or being shocked out of my body in mystical experiences. So to me, I believe from what I've heard about people that's done LSD or all this hallucinogenic, they're just trying to get their spirit outside of their physical container and try to figure out what life's out in their consciousness, not inside their brain. Now, that kind of stuff, without experience, usually fear is from fear itself, meaning it's things not understood. It's uh, ignorance. Okay. They say ignorance is bliss, right? If you, What yeah. you don't know can't hurt you, but that's not necessarily true. <laughs> so I believe that cyberspace culture and what we're building today is based on information coming in synergistically and we're using communication and the radio waves to share our voices that have different levels of understanding of existence not only in this world and in this galaxy and in this universe cyberspace culture is of the cosmos and we really don't know how big the cosmos is. Oh no, that's that's, we, an, that's very. We don't big. know how many universes, but now you can look that word up because I've yeah, started I, not called ascension cosmos oracles, but I don't know how say the galaxies. The galaxies are inside the universes. They're all like right. the little record records being played. So uh, uh, we have cosmos. And what what does that mean? It says the universe, using the word cosmos. Well, we have many universes. So do we not have something bigger than all universes? There's many universes. But unfortunately, we follow Carl Sagan and his personal voyage and thoughts. But uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you see people in scientific uh, conceptual education will cite words that we gravitate towards whatever the popular is and that's what we're doing with cyberspace culture right now now cosmos uh they have cosmos uh, space-time odyssey cosmos magazine cosmos with uh what it means but we've got to find a bigger word uh cyberspace culture uh you know, we're putting limits of human intelligence on the fact that we use words. You mean you need to broaden it, you mean? We've got to have a bigger word because if cosmos is only the community? universe. Community? 
No, it has to be bigger than all universes, multi-universes. All together. Uh, seven levels of universes. Okay. Oh, oh um, so many. So, seven parallel. But, and they have dimensions. They talk about 10, 11, 12, 13 dimensions in space. So we have space, time, and gravity. Right. And the poles of physical and the poles of conscious or spiritual. But the base of how we brought people from AI and biological to this planet and encoded them with codes and made the DNA and RNA was based on the immortals. But even from what I've read in the thousands of years that they lived immortally is what's written on the planet. So can we trust what's been written by humans that came before us when a lot of it's been ruined, meaning the seas and oceans became mountains and the the top of the oceans are on top of the Himalaya mountains. And so in other words, what used to be ground is now way up where we can't even reach. Yes, that's Uh, true. So the cosmos is based on knowledge that we find on the planet as humans in a certain space and time inside a gravity field Mm -hmm. that holds our consciousness together like gravity holds us. And we still don't understand how we're held with inside our own human form. We understand gravity. We understand Mm -hmm. being born. born. But they really haven't explained consciously how we're separate entities. Uh, I don't know that people understand space, time, and gravity as individuals. Yeah. Of why you and I are talking on these radio waves as separate humans. Right. This is the new world of of uh, the cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right. We go by Netflix or TV, right, or movies. Yeah. We are the stories we tell ourselves. We are the memories that we have inside. We are the mirrors of the cosmos and the nature's God, or nature that reflects back to us our own reality. And it's only about life and death. There is no other thing to think about. You're either alive or you're dead every second, every minute of the day. So we've adopted space and the time that we're here Based on the time we are born, we live, and we die. Okay. Organically, in nature. So we have cosmos based on nature, what's natural and organic that we can experience outside of ourselves and inside ourselves. And inside, that that we believe is awareness is not just our spirit but our consciousness, and they're not the same thing. Memories and the future and memories from the past are not the same thing. And Neil deGrasse Tyson is not being able to explain that yet. So Rupert Sheldrake, being on the cutting edge of science, philosophy, and neuroscience, has uh, done his best to form this cosmos consciousness behavior of sharing that animals know uh, they're going to die before they die 
And humans do too. So they're going to try to prove that now. And that just came out today. We're very historical doing this show that Rupert Sheldrake, Dr. Rupert Sheldrake, on a conscious universe will now ask people, and I want people, anybody that listens to this, send him, if you've had a memory of your animal coming to you or being with you and somehow allowed you to know consciously that they were going to pass over or had a rush of energy or a uh, came up and they said that one of the labs, uh, I had a black Labrador that came up to me and looked at me and she finally got off the couch. She was dying and came to me and said goodbye and left the house uh, through the doggy door we had and I never saw her again. But I knew she was going out to die and I knew she told me that. So Rupert Sheldrake, an author and biologist, of uh, the author of Morphic Resonance, a biologist and author, uh, for his hypothesis, okay, he went to Cambridge University, I guess, uh, he developed, he he was uh, in development biology, a fellow of Clare College. He uh, He's a great principal plant physiologist at the International Crop Research for Semi-Arid Tropics in India. He went to India on his quest, but he uh, he's he was an atheist for a long time. But he wrote about 40 years, after 40 years, Morphic Resonance. But he's got some books. But as of today, Rupert Sheldrake, if on YouTube, if you'll go to his channel, and he has Sheldrake.org, Melinda and people, yes. S-H-E-L-D-R-A-K-E.org. But if you have an animal story, go to his YouTube Sheldrake.org and go to his YouTube and he tells you to write to him and he, he won't he doesn't necessarily have to give your name out but he's just collecting stories for uh, himself he wants to know of experiences people have had about their animals because he's trying to prove everything has consciousness and I think yeah. we should help him on this project because I too believe there's many things unexplained about humans. Oh, yeah, there, there are many. There are many. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I agree. Well, what do you want to build with what we're doing for radio shows with this cyberspace culture? I I can't believe. I thought Janet was going to come on. Something must have come up for her. So I apologize, everybody. I guess I'll go in and have to take her name off because she didn't show up. But I'll take her name off. Uh, but what do you think that then I guess it's going to be you and me I really thought well I mean if up. she joins us next time fine but you know for now it's us um, doing this show yeah it is so yeah, uh, cyberspace culture consciousness community folks if you want to help us in the future and uh, you can also help Dr. Rupert Sheldrick Drake and that's R-U-P-E-R-T space S-H-E-L-D-R-A-K-E. He's not paying us, and we're not sponsoring, but we are uh, do have an author's club. And he did, does have the U.S. edition of Morphic, Morphic Resonance, The Nature of Formative Causation. I have not read it. Uh, fully updated and revised in 2009. You can order that book, and it's 1995 paperback or you can do a kindle 
It says read with our free app on this uh, morphic resonance. Now, mine is knowing cosmology, and uh, it says buy new $13.99. That's good because I don't usually set the prices, Uh, Mm -hmm. but it says uh, one new $13.99 just gives you a peek of who I am and what I was doing with how I got to be who I am today doing this radio show with Melinda. But uh, I was hoping Janet would come on. But uh, since she didn't, I guess we can talk about our books and uh, how we've grown to organize different groups. Now, I use ACO Association, UFO Association, TJ Marcy T Radio, and being an ACO radio spokesperson. Now, Melinda will has just begun with us. Melinda, do you remember when you came? Was it March or April? Uh, February, I think it was in April. I wouldn't say April. All right. So you'll have a year in April, but write down your, your date, and yes. then uh, we hopefully will get a book with Melinda. So yeah, Melinda, I'd like, I'd like to have to one. You. I would like to have one out because I have a lot, I'm passionate about a lot of things, and to put it in a book and someone can read it, walk away and say, wow, now I understand who that person is. A book really well, can express it and convey it. culture, right? Yeah. You're helping me, and we can build a cyberspace culture that could be very impressive. But also radio with shows. the cyber building it, we have to also keep learning more stuff, things like the, ver- the, the, the vocabulary, the words that they use, the language that they use um, is very different than what we just use in everyday you know, because it's going to be a culture, you know. Well, that'll be up to us and forming it, cyberspaceculture.com. Well, that's, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm doing research as we go day to day and get more involved because it's a lot of uh, research, a lot of information to learn and absorb. And the more you learn and absorb, the more you'll be able to tell people, express and explain what's going on and what life is going to be like in that cyber culture world, you know. What does it mean? Well, we'll be sharing practices, cultures, rituals, and how we share public service education and entertainment on our platform. Also talking about how we reach out to the women and helping the women who are trying to get back in the workforce and to get a job. They need skills. So some might need software skills, uh, whatever skills that they may need to sharpen and make them more marketable for the world of work. That's important. That's true. And and the women. And also um, something simple, like a lot of people take it for granted, like the high school diploma. I think I don't care if you are the president or you have the skill of whatever. Get that one skill. Don't leave it to say not get it. Get it. Um, you know, it's it's just something that it, it's needed. You need that skill to go on in life and do the things that you want to do and compete with the world and fight. You can't do it without. So just the way you go to school, some people go to school to get a master's, a Ph.D. and all that, and they say that you get wings, you can fly. Yes, you can because they give you knowledge, and knowledge is power. And that's a powerful thing that you have because you, no one can tell you you need this, that, and the other. You have it already, you know. So, yeah, power that you have 
you take it with your with your education and then you go and continue to work and that's the experience and that combined gives you a wonderful and more marketable life. Everybody Rather than not having any of those things. That many people would kill themselves to come to America, this country, because we offer so much. And I'm grateful and, and I'm proud to say that because it is still a beautiful country and I believe if you come here, learn the language. Um, if you have a language that you already, a secondary language, fine, but learn the American language. You need to speak our language, speak English, so we all can communicate. That's very important in the workforce. Um, you know, I see a lot of people, they're very, very shy because they don't speak the language. And, you know, I've worked in the educational sector, I've worked in the security sector, and sometimes I work in areas where there's mainly Spanish, mainly Caribbean, and limited education. And um, people are shy. They don't want to speak up for their rights and things that they should get or should get because whatever. But, you know, the only way you're going to be able to succeed in America completely is through getting all the skills you need, getting the paperwork to make you a citizen, all those things need to be done in order for you to have a better opportunity at making a great life and future here in America. And it can be done. It's not impossible. A lot of people think, oh, I'm from another state or, you know, you know, if you want help, you need help, you speak up, People, there will be people to help you. And I believe that. I always help people, um, always help people to make better choices and, you know, they can say, well, you know what, I did this and I'm living better than last year. And this year is a new year and, you know, moving on, moving forward. So that's part of what this whole project of going forward, the culture and education, the knowledge, taking people from one level of life and going to another and moving on. And I always believe that there's no stupid question. There's no dumb question. If you don't ask the question, you'll never know what someone is thinking. So that is the fall. If you don't ask the question, you didn't ask the question. So no question is is off the table. You can answer, ask any question, any way, shape, or form. It doesn't matter if it's technical, scientific, if I don't know the answer and Teresa can't, doesn't know the answer, we'll find the answer. Between the two of us, we'll find the answer. And you will come up with the, the right answer that you need to take you where you need to go. But that's what well, we really need. People, to I think that's important, helping others find out where they are in this reality and what can help them move forward, as my like children say. Like an evaluation, say. an assessment of where you are educationally, you know, in life. Do you have an education? Do you not have an education? Do you? What do you want to do? You came to America with maybe you're a social worker from another country. Do you want, still want to do that or do something else, pursue something different? You know, there's a lot of different things, and the quicker the time that you take to make up your mind, the easier that you can go on a greater path and more uh, positive path than people struggle because they waste time and going into other fields and sectors that they have no passion or interest in. So that's what 
it is. We need to help each other. You know, there's people out there. There's um, there's organizations and where, whatever serves you, whatever organization that you can find that is helpful to you, by all means, all you need to do is, like Teresa keeps um, them, uh, noting, that it's a computer and a, and a phone. You need a computer and a phone to be able to be this cyber person. You can you can be a part of this group because you can get on the phone and dial. You can get on the computer and you can do research. And you can do anything that you need. So this, And this, nowadays, as long as they've got a phone, they've gotten where the computers are so smart on the smartphones, everybody basically can find out as long as we're putting, you know, we go by trash in, trash out, folks. It's Tito, T-I-T-O, trash in, trash out. It really depends on cyberspace culture and our conscious community and the morphic resonance field or that of radio wave senders and receivers that when we bring it to the universe and we bring it down to earth, and we make it manifest is the fact that all of us can communicate our thoughts when we want to sleep, eat, or hungry. We learn that from the time we come into a biological form and we pee, we poop, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> and we want food and water. You know, these are normal, natural needs of every biological intelligence humanoid form on the planet. So what do you do after you get that? Well, we usually, if we can get food and water in us, we'll look for some creature comforts. We all want to be comfortable, don't we? We don't want to be rained on or frozen to death. So once we're born, we usually have adults because of our native culture as humanoids, whether AI meant it or not or whether humanoid biologicals meant it or not. Somehow, universally, if we're in illusion or delusion or a, a real matrix, some of us decided this game of life was going to be played where we were going to want to survive death. So the ultimate name of the game of life is to survive. <laughs> well, yes, it is. Now, consciously, the new conscious movement we call the Ascension Age is also about thriving and helping not only yourself and those around you, but those that come across your path or if you're in a community or a culture, is to help them. Now, at my age, I'll be 70, but I still get around pretty good, even though I broke my back and neck. But in the humanoid form, a lot of my friends, because of my reality and my experiences and my privilege, of being born white Anglo-Saxon Protestant in America and uh, prior intelligence and the government put millions of dollars in my training, decided I should do what I'm doing and help veterans. And that's how I met Melinda because she's a veteran. But now yeah. those hats universally, there's all the universal hats of being born, dying, out-of-body experiences, learning how to be a psychic learning how to be a hospital corpsman or a medic and uh, moving forward into holistic health and integrative medicine, which uh, these are words and categories that the government and the universe gave me. But working with integrative medicine veterans, and my daughter died of cancer, 
here at my house, well, really in the hospital, but she started here and passed out. But she couldn't open her eyes or see, but she moved my daughter's hand trying to give her compressions that hurt her in her chest. <laughs> trying to, Her heart wouldn't stop, but my daughter, other daughter was trying to do that. But she was able to move the hand, but that was the last action she performed consciously. Then she couldn't even move her arms anymore. But watching death and dying and knowing that she wanted to live, but her body, her her pole, her physical pole, her physical container, uh, she had a, a blood vein burst in her head. And this is the weakness of the physical, even though the mental and the spiritual and the emotional bodies, because we're mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual, and put it all together, we have a nervous system. And I saw that very clearly this last few days of my dark night of the soul. And again, but I died, you know, when I was a child and then when I was an adult, giving my daughter, the one that died, giving her birth. And then she gave birth to her son on March 13th, 1997, which today I think is odd because that's when we had to fly over the day that she gave birth to her son. So uh, there's some extraterrestrial dates in our UFO history, UFO lore, and UAP associates that match my reality. And I was born on December 26th, and uh, there's dates that happened there uh, in England with UFO flybys. So dates may be important to this story. I know they are to my story. And today, me and Melinda were doing cyberspace culture conscious community and talking about Rupert Seldrick's conscious universe, how we can combine our cyberspace culture conscious community, morphic resonance, read his book. And basically, it's just saying everything is not just how we can break it down into science, that everything is a wave function, you know, just to break it down without reading the book. Everything that's scientific cannot be explained, and they know that now. They yeah. realize that there's measuring apparatuses and a physical fact that the body of measurement, it can collapse a wave function. But when you look at it, it changes the reality. So that's got quantum physics really puzzled, to be honest with you. So just like gravity and time and space, this is what's upon us after, well, August 31st. So September is about rebuilding cyberspace conscious community, cyberspace culture conscious community, and with the radio waves and joining AI biologicals and the way we conceive our consciousness and using radio waves, which still go on out there and create new realities. Now, that's a far-fetched wave. <laughs> you have to be patient while these principles of you know, neutrons, protons, electrons start going out there and quantum theory about shredding waves and making new waves, you know, and how all the possibilities happen. But what we teach in my group, cyberspace community and my cosmos community as a psychic is there are unlimited possibilities out there, folks in your mind and your body, and you want to keep both mind, body, and spirit and your emotions, your mental body, your physical body, your spiritual body, 
your physical, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Okay? Now, the fifth element is your essence. So I'd like to hear from you guys out there, including you, Melinda. Is your essence outside of your consciousness, your spirit? Is that your soul? And is that what they're really seeking that they can't put into science? You know, they thought the Higgs boson was going to be the God particle, but they found out it wasn't. It's not just about breaking it down to neutrons, protons, electrons, quarks, and whatever else, muons. Uh, I've forgotten all the names, but because I stopped studying quantum physics after we did the Higgs mm-hmm. boson, I just had I went on to life. But say life, everything between life and death is the hyphen. So while you're here, what does your hyphen look like? Your dash. What is right. your dash? Is it a hyphen or a dash? I guess it's a dash. But what does yours look like? Let me look up the word hyphen. I think that's the wrong term. But I'm learning too, folks. I don't. You know see them as being the same, depending on how you use them. You mean a hyphen and a uh, oh no and no, a no. dash. No, no, it's different. Hyphen. Oh, I just saw a hyphen versus a dash. Now, that's just a metaphor. The dash is used as an independent clause, and the hyphen, on the other hand, is to join two words together, like yellow-green. So I guess the dash tends to be slightly longer than the hyphen. Hyphen. And usually would have spaces before and after the symbol. So dash versus hyphen. So what did you ask me if they're the same? You meant essence, spirit, soul? Or essence, soul? Or essence, spirit? Essence and soul. These are gluons or mufons, (laughs) gluons, muons, gluons. Uh, Hyphens and glue words together. Dashes uh, are a series that sort of set them apart. So uh, I guess if hyphen is the glue, dash separates it. Yeah. So uh, hyphen versus dash in punctuation is a lot like life. A dot and a dash or a dash and a hyphen. Now, hyphens yeah. and dashes in the United States, when a hyphen's joined, like two or more gathered in his name, he is there also, is what we say of spirit. And these are uh, metaphors, are God, Father, and God, Son. You put them together, and you have a dash in between, that's your spirit or your soul, are the essence of the two, sometimes confused, because they may look alike, but they're not in the function of words. And Rupert, Dr. Rupert Sheldrake explains that to you. If you want to go online and look up conscious, was it conscious universe, question mark? A conscious universe. Okay, that was what it was. And he gives a talk September 5th, and I asked Janet and Melinda to look at that, and I watched it. And I'll have to watch it two or three times. It's that good. But he is hard to listen to because he's an educator, and sometimes when they get on the podium and they start teaching, they forget their radio voice or their dramatic skills of tone and intonation as actors because we're all actors, right? We're merely – life is a stage, and we're merely the players on it, right? So he oh, was yeah. acting and telling the stories of reality in his 
psychology or his philosophy with neuroscience. So I like Dr. Rupert Sheldrick, but I don't, I'm not familiar with his work. So I would like to become familiar with Dr. Rupert Sheldrake's work, which means I'm going to have to buy his book probably to understand him in this field of parapsychology that he proposes, the morphic resonance. Now, he was born June 28, 1942, so he's 79, so he's nine years older than me. He was born, it looks like, Newark-on, maybe it's hyphen, <laughs> dash Trent, United Kingdom. His wife is Jill Purse. He has two children. Oh, my God. He named Merlin Sheldrake and Cosmos Sheldrake. Yeah. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I love the what name. What a believer. I was laughing when really? I saw them. I was like. Merlin and Cosmos. And, yeah, Gee, what a Cosmos. name, right? <laughs> oh, my God. What a guy. Yeah, this guy is way out there. So he wrote the book Morphic Resonance, The Science Delusion, A New Science Life, The Presence of the Past in 1988. says view more. Uh, he does have more. I have more books too. So The Science Delusion, Morphic, oh, Rupert Sheldrake. Wow, what a guy. He's quite uh, the writer. Chaos, Creative, and Cosmic Consciousness. Hey, there's Cosmic Consciousness right there. So that might be worth reading, Melinda. That sounds Chaos, right? Chaos, Creative, and Cosmic Consciousness. Consciousness. Yeah. So good reads, folks. You know, good reads. And uh, let's see how much that one's going to cost me, Twelve ninety nine on Kindle. I like the hard copy. I still order books. But I have to start all over again because I left them all in Kentucky. Now, people that follow, I'm going to hit follow Rupert Sheldrick for the first time in my life. And it says, Terrence McKenna. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Terrence McKenna is like uh, hallucinations and shrooms. Uh, <laughs> Janet's husband might shoot me because he likes Terrence McKenna. Let's see. Oh, is that Janet? Let me see. Is that you, Janet? Oh, that's somebody else. Answer that. Okay. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get off of this. Oh, not you. Anyway, you can hear me, right, Melinda? Yes, I can. But it says Rupert Sheldrick, Terrence McKenna, and Ralph Abram. What did they write? The Evolutionary Mind. It's only eight ninety nine. But people, uh, Rupert Sheldrick, controversial biologist. Terrence McKenna, psychedelic visionary, and Ralph Abraham on chaos. <laughs> I don't know about any of this. This is a new chapter of my life, folks. Uh, DMT, dimethyltryptamine. I, I know that's what it's for, but it says DMT, Terrence McKenna. Uh, but he he's quite the uh, visionary, and he's gone now. He was born in 46, but he checked out April 3rd, 2000, before 2001, Space Odyssey. <laughs> now, uh, uh, Rick Strassman. This is an interesting path we're going down, folks, in September. And I want you guys to join us and come join our cyberspace culture consciousness, creating something new in radio waves, if you will. Or you can join our ACO club 
We have Authors Club Organization, Ascension Center Organization, American Communication Online, all of that. But uh, And I've got ACR Radio, and Melinda's trying to help me maintain uh, awareness of showing up and being a power with a radio uh, station and a radio channel. And we still have Ace Life Coach Master Guides and Practices with the Psychic University with American uh, a Holistic and Modern Approach to Education, inspired by nature. <laughs> so uh, we don't do shrooms. We don't do the psychedelics. Uh, I, don't smoke, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't drug. And I don't really believe in taking uh, shrooms or uh, hallucinogenics. But then I've done out-of-body near-death experiences and I've died a few times, so I know what it's like being out of your body and near-death experiences. And so people may find me a little strange because I just uh, have started talking in nine years, my extraterrestrial relationships with people, and I guess angels too, whether they're angels or extraterrestrials or both. Depends on the culture, doesn't it, and what you believe. Well, yeah. Melinda, do you believe in extraterrestrials and angels or both? Uh, I think there's some angels. I think there's some good. Um, the way I came up, I, well, I'll leave it open. Huh? All right, open source. Yeah, words that we use to describe entities or energies. But maybe next week you can do extraterrestrials and angels. Uh, oh, yeah, we as can part talk of about that. Cyberspace culture. I would love to hear what people have to say. Yeah, we can still do cyberspace culture every week, folks, but how we adapt to changes in the collective field of, of the morphic residents. <laughs> so we want residents to hear what people have to say, what, you know, their thoughts on the cyber yeah, we culture can start and the community that's building and that's growing. What do they think about it? What yeah, do they, do they want to see happen in this culture, you know, things that they would want to happen if they're a part of it, you know. Well, what, this yeah. is for the people, now, not for us. This is for the people. People realize that when we broadcast, we're broadcasting live information and telling you things that we're coming up on and working on projects to bring to the forefront for women. And um, so this is really for you guys, the people who listen. So if you are interested, by all means, you know, let us know. We can change it up any way we need to. And anything a lot of that, like anything you're passionate about, you want to hear about another topic or something different, or you want to hear uh, more talk on cyberspace culture or whatever it is that you have interest in. It could be something regarding the, your community of where you want to hear about something that's going on in your community and how maybe we address or handle or, you know, fix. So it's, it's a variety of things. So we're open to suggestions. Um, any question, it, you just bring a question. Just be open. Well, what else have you got for us today? Well, I was, you know, I, I, I've, I've watched 
your friends, I call them the guys, uh, you know, I might say to you the boys, but, you know, the alien guys, I love them. I love to watch. Ancient Aliens on the History Channel? Yes, I love to watch. I'm lost watching it. I'm lost. You you can't can't talk to me. Okay. I pretty much know every topic they're talking about, but I've studied it before they got into it. But sometimes they're still left with, (laughs) is, did we still have any dealings with the... uh, terrestrials. I love when they come up and they still can say yes or no. They just still haven't found the answers. They're still under discovery. And those guys are brilliant. I mean, they they have a lot of different uh, documentaries and this and that. They go into it. They go on trips. They really get into this stuff. This is not like just they know you. I know the people's faces. I know their names because you see them all the time. And that this is their passionate work because they love it. But I find it so interesting that I can't remember this guy is from. I think it's from Switzerland, Giorgio something. And at the end of the documentary, they still don't know if there has been any. Um, communication um, with oh, another. Sure. Hey, I want you to meet somebody on radio. Dr. Rick Allen Miller is a part of our cosmic consciousness, cyberspace culture. So I merged you into the radio show since you (laughs) called me. (laughs) We've got only got got 15, we've got 18 minutes left, but you can fill it with your uh, book. Uh, I can do a lot more than that. What do you think about the COVID virus? It's basically a bunch of aliens that are making a new human being, not Homo sapien. It gets weirder. <laughs> I mean, really, it's uh, that spike protein is uh, not in nature. And now I'm not sure it's a bioweapon as much as it's kind of like rhesus negative. You know, where did that come from? Because everybody that's gotten the immunization is now a GMO and belongs property-wise to the company that made the the virus. Oh, so I belong to the company that vaccinated me. Yeah, and in 50 years, that will be your sponsor with your chip implant and the rest of it. The oh, creepiest part. Now. Well, I'm just messing with you, but the creepiest part is that that graphene oxide turns you into an antenna. And if you thought you lost your privacy with your cell phone, you can't believe it will register when you want to have sex, when you have to go to the bathroom. It is creepier than anything you can imagine. Well, Dr. Dr. Rick Allen Miller, folks, uh, welcome back. To <laughs> Sorry you. about that. I oh, had Dr. to say Rick something. Allen Miller, nice to meet you, sir. Nice to meet you. <laughs> who, who am I meeting? I'm sorry. My name is Melinda C. D'Amico. Uh, I'm not okay. a doctor. Yet. Um, I'm sorry, Mom. No, I said my name is Melinda D'Amico. Uh huh. And what are um, skill sets? Who are you? New Jersey. She's taking Tommy's place. I'm, I'm, I'm working with uh, Teresa Morris. Okay, good for you. Yeah, Teresa's a nice person. Um, I'm just a grumpy old man. 
I bite. (laughs) (laughs) The non-local mind in a holographic universe is done. It sequels now. It's the third in the series with power tools on the protocols I developed for Navy SEALs and the ESP, uh, thinking with a gut, which was the first protocol on how we chose SEAL Team 1. And that was done with Edgar Mitchell at uh, Mission Control in 1971. And this non-local mind has chapters in it like chapter five is called Synchronicity, where nothing happens by chance. And the last chapter, chapter eight, is the mind's eye, where imagination is reality. Physics and religion won't get you there. They'll get you close, but our ability to conceptualize and our starting with assumed truths before we even do definitions limits just exactly. It's like Simon says, you can go halfway to the door. You'll never really get there from here because it doesn't work like that. But imagination, that's why all your saints in history have stressed the importance of training the mind. The most important thing I could say today would be man has a responsibility for the thoughts he chooses to entertain. That's that. (laughs) Questions? (laughs) Your turn, Teresa. I love you, Dr. Richard Allen Miller, and I want to know, I want her to know who you are. Dr. Richard Allen Miller, folks, is best known as a a guru, uh, uber genius, but he calls himself a polymath. And well, uh, that's an old man DuPont put his finger on me when I was 15 when I did code for the NASA and those black women. And then, and when I was 16, I built a linear accelerator that was later used to measure the water on Mars with Mariner 4. And when I came out of uh, undergraduate school, that's when I started Navy Intelligence. And I'm 77, and I'm still working as a GS-18. Wow. Very impressive, Doctor. Well, no, <laughs> old man syndrome. It's a club you never get out of. You know, the same as it ever was. Old man Dupont was. Uh, I mean, he he came to my high school graduation, and then when I graduated from Pullman, he was there to escort me down to Dupont. And I remember I worked mostly in Wilmington, uh, Newark. Excuse me where I was working in instrument products division. I was working with their instrumentation. I'm basically a physicist that when I touch machines, they work. I don't know how, I just, you know, I'm an experimental physicist. And that's why I did all the paranormal studies for the military in the early well, years. Well, old man DuPont? Because I only know DuPont chemicals because I was investigating. Uh, he was the uh, one working under Rockefeller, and they were so, they were on trolling for, you know, creepy people like me. I remember meeting, uh, uh, oh, Jerry, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to mention names. I knew Captain Cry. All these people are early on, uh, like Michael James Reconson, you know, from Tacoma. He's still in prison in Leavenworth, but he sits in a really nice cell and he works for the government now. It's, uh, you know, I don't know how to explain it. 
Are you talking sorry, about the Are you talking about the original nineteenth century prominent Dupont, like Pierre Samuel? Yeah, Dupont? yeah, the old man Dupont. Yeah, his his uh, granddaughter uh, played uh, was my doubles partner when I went to Forest Hills. I played tennis. Well, that was uh, my big sport. So the was that? In, which family? Two family members. Uh, did you Richard Rogers, who was my doubles partner? Yeah. Richard, wait, who was it? Gretchen Vosters, his granddaughter. And I played with Arthur Ashe, too. I, yeah, I was that good. I, I played really good tennis. They clocked my tennis ball at 110 miles an hour. And it would come in with a curve on it to hit the pavement and go off sideways. <laughs> Nobody could take me. If I could get to the net, I was very, very fast. Well, when was that Huguenot heritage? They're, they they made money in black powder. Was that gunpowder that they made money in? Well, I mean, black powder usually does mean, you know, gunpowder. Gun and okay. then, you know, single load, <laughs> 1800s. Yeah. Oh, so that's, you don't have to own the guns if you own the gunpowder, I guess. Well, no, 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 no. And my dad would have ripped you bad because it's not a gun. It's either a shotgun or a rifle. It's either a pistol or a revolver. Get it straight, girl. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. What, this is my, oh, God. What did we say in the military? This is my weapon and this is, oh, gosh. I remember this. This is my <laughs> love of life. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I got some Marines, you know, Navy was, you know, the Marine Corps' logo was first to die. <laughs> you know what I mean, man? I had to go to Cambodia when I was training SEAL Team 3. I did martial arts also. I, I was real good. And I grew up in the Philippines, and uh, I was Caucasian. Whoops. <laughs> And so I was four years old, going to Buddhist missionary schools, and mom was into China theater, Kodak. And so I, I learned how to fight on the streets. I also learned how to play chess. Oh, oh wonderful. I always want to learn to play chess. chess. I love I'm, chess. I was pretty good at it back I in the day. I don't know how to play. You have to. Yeah, account cards. There you go. That's what we did at Harvard. <laughs> I uh, I didn't go to Reno, but I, when they did that, but I was one of the group that counted cards because I had an eidetic memory. And uh, it's actually, uh, you know, for jack, blackjack, a couple of other things you can you can uh, you can really win. Well, I've put in Miller and Morris mystical experiences radio talk shows. You think you could handle mystical experiences? <laughs> <laughs> mystical? <laughs> could it be? Satan? <laughs> uh, Lori from New York? It's, uh, well, yeah, I think so. I That's what I'm about. Basically, I took LSD in 1964 when Harvard wanted to see what would happen if they gave it to someone really intelligent. There were 10 of us. And Jack Sarfati, the, the list, you know the names. And Jack Sarfati, how do you say his name? What, what's that? Jack Sarfati or Sarfati, however you say Jack. Jack Sarfati, you said? Uh, I'm not sure what you're saying. My, my, the phone is weird. Sorry. Oh, oh okay. 
That's okay. No, okay what you, I, I didn't understand. The fifth quantum mechanics of consciousness. Jack Surfati or Sarfati, S-A-R-F-A-T-I. Yeah, Jack, there were a bunch of us. There were individuals in different states. I, I had, uh, with MMPI, I was registered at 168, 169. That's meaningless when it gets up that high because they're not really measuring intelligence. In fact, what it is, it's survival coefficient. Uh, basically, there are many different kinds of, of, of intelligence. Uh, a woman's intuition working as a uh, empath. Uh, I mean, you know, all kinds of different ways of being. Some are faster, some are, uh, you know, longer, this is this. Mensa, yeah, I remember when I was doing the Mensa thing, they said, how many countries are in Africa? And my response was, which year? Guys, <laughs> glaze over. Yeah. It's, uh, nobody gets it. It's not... Um, IQ is not intelligence. It's um, with MMPI, CPI, some of the other different things they did. I used to be able to, you know, how they put four four cards in front of you and you, they time you on how quickly you can make a story out of it, right? Oh, yeah. I used to be able to do that before you could start his watch. <laughs> I was just messing with him. You know, basically, in third grade when I came to the U.S., Ricky's very disruptive. He asked too many questions. Fourth grade, they discovered I couldn't read English. Fifth grade, there's something wrong with that kid. We need to put him on Ritalin. Seventh grade, then they wanted to advance me to school. Mom wouldn't let him do any of it. I'm lucky. Well, Dr. Richard Allen Miller, tell us. Everybody listening, uh, you get a lot of hits when you come on my radio show, but we can have you on tomorrow if you want, Thursday. Uh, tomorrow's too early. I've got other things I, I'm doing right at uploading my new book. Well, Teresa, I got to go. in the next following weeks, I'm open. You bet. I got to go. Okay. Okay. All okay, right. Melinda. Thank you so right. much. Thank Melinda. you. Have a great nice time. Nice to meet you, Bye-bye. Yeah, call <laughs> me, Teresa, when you're ready to book me in, Okay. Well, we've got a few minutes. Let's see here. Uh, what time? I was I've looking. At I just picture. walked in the door and I was just returning uh, calls and Pretty things. Cool. So I'm all right. Long, well, I but I can book now if you want. Yeah, I want to get your new book definitely, and I'll have to wait till I get paid because I'm an old lady on a on a retirement. You know, I haven't done radio in about four months. Oh wow, that's a lot I've of been time writing. to use. Wait, 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 wait. I've got three new books coming out called The Diamond Body on Cymatics, Electromagic, where I can bypass drugs and go directly to the neurotransmitter using currents, and then Yogatronics, where I create my own wormhole to get to Mars rather than needing CERN. And those are works that I did in 1974, 79, and 83. And you did you create your own... Uh, Cover yeah, for your, your yeah, yeah. You do that. You, it's called Yogatronics. What you do, it's this resonant cavity oscillation. I'm writing a new field theory with two Russians. My mentor, Dr. Stanley Krippner, thinks this one's going to take me to Stockholm. Wow. I'm writing it on not theory and how you dialogue with subtle bodies outside the physical using neurotransmitters. Did you There's get a, a toxin, but I'm trying to. Did you get 
uh, Stanley Krippner to write part of the book or a chapter? Or no, it's it? dedicated to him. He's been my mentor since 1970. He's a close friend. Comes up to visit me a couple times a year. Okay. Well, yeah, he's a very well-known. Fifty-seven years. I, you know, I, I, I've known Stan since 1970 when he introduced me to Edgar Mitchell. That got me at Mission Control in '71 to do the NASA studies with the oh, oh, And then that led me to use that protocol for in '72 to choose SEAL Team One. I wanted them to be intuitive, thinking with the gut. Wow. So Stanley Krippner. He's orchestrated. I'm right now, I'm a TSA team. That means my rank is even that above that of the President of the United States. I'm, I'm, uh, they can't pay me anymore. There's a federal reg at 72, but I get food stamps and dancing gorillas and, you know, the usual. <laughs> well, that's, they didn't retire you and tell you, oh, they didn't have. Don't you get a pension of some type? No, I mean, I'm I'm civil. You're a I'm civil. I'm a I'm a government employee. I'm not Navy. I'm Navy intelligence. Oh, well, you're. I, like I was lead physicist at the Pentagon under Nixon. I got to go into the Oval Office. Ooh. <laughs> well, we got to meet the presidents, but I met him in Houston. Not yeah, in. Yeah, he's uh, he's really actually pretty smart. I was impressed with him. Well, his pants cut down and, and taking a doo-doo. Naughty, naughty. They're all criminals, of course. They're none of them. Are the phone is, I remember the phone by the commode with Ronald Reagan. Oh, Ronald Reagan. You've seen one redwood, you've seen them all. <laughs> How did they put it in the 14th century? Or a little small town? Kill them all. Let God sort out his own. <laughs> well, you're doing well. You've written a new book, so your mind's obviously still engaged, uh, intelligently. Oh, what? Did I? Did I? I'm engaged. What? Your mind uh, is still what? engaged. No tongue. Uh, yeah. You can still interface with the best of us in AI and in communication. So. Something's wrong, though. I'm being dogged by something. I can smell a rat. They, there's algorithms. It's as if it's as if I know something I don't know. Well, you said you were going to open up. Weren't you going to open up that krill package for us in Area 51? You're going to try to find uh, that. You mean, yeah, Groom Lake. I have two doors now. I've had epiphanies. Uh, uh, the first one uh, was late last year, I think can't remember exactly when, when I realized a higher form of communication is emotions. Not like we experience in dreams and shit like that, but uh, and 20 minutes of that level of communication, it could be as much as a lifetime in content. Wow. So that's, that's one of the doors that I, you know, she was, uh, now, you know, when you realize how limited we are, you know, I have no illusions, you know, that we're just, yeah. <laughs> but part of the food chain, everybody's got to serve somebody, you know, that's the way that works. Um, do you have a date? Well, today, uh, next Thursday will be good, if you Let's can. Let's see what that is. You're talking about the 23rd? 
I guess whatever next Thursday is, I don't have a calendar. Oh, let's say next Thursday. That well, this Thursday is uh, yeah, uh, yeah, twenty third. What time? Um, the same. Uh, you called in too late. It's two hours before this, so two well, o'clock. That mean? That's, two uh, it's four o'clock now. You're talking about it's four o'clock here. Uh, you're talking so about uh, two o'clock your time. Two o'clock. Okay. Two o'clock. And, and we're going to talk sorry, about I'm... consciousness. We're going to talk about uh, your yeah thing. anything you'd like to, and I'll send you some assets, Teresa, on my new book if you'd like to post them. Okay, okay. you bet. That'll work out. And, really I, good. and if you get, if you send me a mailing address, I will send you a review copy. My pleasure. All right. Well, you've been really good to me, and you've really been good to me, and it, it, you know it'd be my honor to give you a. It's going to be a twenty-seven dollar book. It's over three hundred and six pages. Well, I'll send you thirty dollars. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! no. I, I don't need the money. I, what I need is <laughs> never mind. I get slapped in the face. The jewelry no. has been gone for two weeks, and I'm starting to get. Uh, oh, uh, because of her family, she had to go check on her family. She's um, with her family uh, visiting in Utah, their cabin. She's yeah. going to probably get that as an inheritance. I think she's stupid because I think Yellowstone's going to go right next to Featherstone, the Mormons. It's right there in the clutch. And, nice. And yeah. so, well, yeah, yes and no, uh, that's not going to exist shortly. You know, Yellowstone's being seen as far as Ohio. With lava underground. Hey. Well, what about Dr. Rupert Sheldrake? Are you familiar with his? Yeah, I know Mor- Richard. Yeah. Morphic yeah. Resonance book. Uh, what about? Uh, right now, I'm going to email him today, and it's Sheldrake at Sheldrake.com. Dr. Richard Allen Miller here. So you want to tell people uh, if they want you to be on their radio shows, he's going to be on this one next week, folks. I'd be happy to, to be bounced around. Feel free to pass me around. That'd be fine. I need okay. to promote my book. My sale. I haven't had a book sale in a week. I got hacked. I'm trying to, it's distractions. Well, I have to go in and fix it, but it stops my writing and I'm, I'm smelling a rat. Uh, well, I don't. I can help you, but I told you I only know GoDaddy and WordPress, and you do a different uh, platform. I do a bunch of different things. What I'm doing now is I can't trust anybody to do it right, so I'm going out uh, and just learning how to do everything. Photoshop's right now. I'm working with Photoshop, learning how to finish up the cover. Okay, Photoshop is good. Uh, that's good. But, you know, on Kindle, they have their own format. Just like they used to on Create Space, but you never self-published on Kindle, on Amazon. Now Lulu has. No, Amazon is the one that's ripping me off, like Ingram. I'm not getting any checks either. Now I get good checks from Lulu.com. They're a publisher. Right house. now, right now, there's a mass market edition of the Modern Alchemist in Texas, and that puts twenty. New people selling my book in front of me as the only and original source. How does that work? I know. And that was what uh, Stan Friedman and that other guy with him, uh, with the, uh, it was a UFO. I can't chat right now. I I just walked in. I've got your book. You're going to call me. 
Do you want to do radio or do you want to do Skype or Zoom? What? Yeah, I need to put you on. I'll need you to call in 347. Okay, give me the number, please. 347. Say it again. 347. 347. Niner. Nine. Four five. Nine. Four five. Four five. Seven two. Seven two. No, seven two. Dose two. Seventy two. Prefix, please. 7207. 347-945-7207. Okay, thank you. Okay, so we'll see you next Thursday, 2 o'clock, and you can email me. You know TJ Morris Agency at Gmail or TJ Morris ACIR at Gmail or TJ Morris Publishing Agency. <laughs> Oh, I need, I need, I need a, a publicist right now to take my book and 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 run it. If that, and I'm prepared to be handsome on on uh, with with performance. We need publicists out there, folks. So all of us have got our own advertising on your Google and on your Gmail is attached. So I'll make check sure that you, out. I may have Gabrielle or Julie call. I, yeah, have them call me and let me explain all that so you can make sure you're running your uh, your commission yeah. junction off of your uh, website. I don't know how they're doing your advertising, but remember, it's an individual base now based on your cell phone and your personal interests. I don't use cell phones, and I oh, – uh, yeah. yeah. I've got to run, Teresa. I'll talk okay. to you shortly. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, folks, we'll get him back. Uh, interesting. Janet didn't show up. All right, Janet, I pulled you off of this show, and uh, I was trying to find Dr. Richard Allen Miller's picture, but I can't find it. So I've got to go back in and have him send them to me. You know, they're always updating our files, Google Photos, and all that. And I pay extra money on Google and out of my PayPal and uh, for extra access, but because I'm an archivist, folks, and database operator or archivist, I like to keep things, and we keep them in different places, so uh, I'm doing my best, but I can't keep up anymore, and I don't have the kind of money it takes, so if you want to help me, at least on the radio shows, uh, you can help me by sending a, a donation, even $5 is all we ask is uh, send it into PayPal. They seem to keep up with it. PayPal.me forward slash TJ Mars ET radio. And we got about $14, but I gave every year I give two or three or five bucks off of our business to help Wikipedia and ask everybody else to do that on PayPal. But uh, we got a dollar for the brand on Canva we use to make a brand for cyberspace culture. And uh, we spend very little money, but $40 a month here on Blog Talk Radio. But I'm pretty much the person that always comes up with the 40 bucks <laughs> for nine years. Not much, but then we got to go over and pay $20, and I used to pay lots of money to get out there because they were distributing for me, but so many of them are free now on Spotify and Spreaker and Stitcher. Now, Spreaker's not uh, free. You have to buy, buy in, and then they'll help you distribute. 
it makes a quick link. So I'd go ahead and pay. So, uh, it, but it's a lot better than I was paying 75 and they dropped it to 45, but I can't get my Vidnami anymore for my videos and putting out that. So I've got to work on new, uh, storybooks is where, uh, we go and get most of our stuff. And I help people make audio and video files and PDFs, MP3s, MP4s. If you're interested, that's what I do. And I have, a uh, Friends that are authors in my authors club, and I help them get their books. And the cheapest way with the best software is what I do. But the good software that we don't have kinks or hacks or problems or scams on the advertising because they're all after our advertising dollars. Lord, don't we know? But they'll hook you up for pennies on your individual domains and, and websites through Blog Talk, Spreaker that's now owned by VoxNest, and then iHeart bought that. So I guess they all get a lot more money than we do by the time it dwindles down. But I don't, I've never gotten a check, as far as I know, for any kind of marketing or advertising from Commission Junction. So I don't know if that's real or not. It used to be in California a big deal, uh, but that's what they do. They ask you to sign up with Commission Junction, and uh, give you pennies maybe if you collect enough of them. And it takes thousands of hits, probably millions, to get dollars. <laughs> so you do what you can for yourself out there, folks. But now we are uh, evangelists for Internet, so don't forget that. I mean, we're we're big on getting your smartphone and your Internet up, run it with ATT or or T-Mobile or Verizon or whoever, and your internet with Mediacom or, or DirecTV, I don't know, HughesNet, whoever you're running it through. Is there even a HughesNet anymore? <laughs> I don't even know. I used to have HughesNet myself, but uh, I'll look it up real quick. Hughes, Hughes Communications, wholly owned of Germantown, Maryland. So I guess they're still in business. Uh, Germantown, Maryland CEO Pradman Call. Who's out? I guess he's. I guess they're still. Oh, it says HughesNet Golf Breeze. How about that? I didn't know they had a HughesNet here. Uh, satellite internet now, but I'm American Communications Online, and uh, they didn't have it where I lived. I had to go with MediaCom. Now AT&T is starting to roll back in around Golf Breeze with copper lines, but we don't have fiber optics here yet, folks. Even good old AT&T, which has always been the old special, and they made me sell my stock. I didn't have but like one or two or maybe 20, I don't know, at one time. But I didn't have enough, and they crowded me out because I was costing them paper trail money <laughs> on the Internet because I didn't have much. So I finally sold it when I retired in 2017 or so, 2018, I guess. Well, love and light, everybody. It's been a great time. I really appreciate Melinda T. D'Amico. I'm sorry Janet Lesson uh, couldn't make it. I was looking forward to her helping us. But that's okay. She may come back sometime. She's my best BFF out of Hawaii. And uh, we had good times back in the day with Psychic Network and Ascension Center and Spiritual World Network and your spiritual center and knowing a lot of the people with the Stargate program. And uh, she's the, the big met, metaphysical goddess for Stargate Divine Expos uh, and helped really uh, help me when I needed a friend. 
with Robert O'Dean and doing UFO events. And I never did go to the UFO events, never did. Never made one of them, not even uh, International UFO Expo or Mutual UFO Network, never did. So we'll keep working on that. But Janet was really pushing me into that business. But I've got UAP Associates and UFO Association. And tomorrow will be Richard T. Knight in our Paranormal Network on Thursdays. And uh, next Thursday, Dr. Richard Allen Miller will join us. Tomorrow's Richard T. Knight on consciousness tomorrow. So I'll build that. And till tomorrow then, I'll be back same time, same station, folks. And don't forget Big Brother tonight. And uh, you guys know I'm a big TV fan and uh, internet evangelist. So y'all come back. And I can't wait for Survivor coming on. Uh, yes, I love being human, and yes, we're here on vacation, okay? <laughs> Helping each other create space in the radio waves, you know, is what we do. But let me look up Survivor. I'm so excited. Season 41 cast, let's see. Episode September 22nd, folks, on CBS. WKRG, 7 p.m. my time. The Veteran Reality Series, hosted by Jeff Probst, a good-looking man. 18 castaways to fill the 41st installment of this season, and they have an introduction of fresh elements to the competition. I promise to battle out for a million dollars in the title of Soul Survivor. It's really a good competition of people they outwit, outlast, and outplay, and I'm, I can't find it, but I know that's what it's about. And uh, we're going to have a good time. It's supposed to be the best ever the, in 2021, September 22nd. So big brother tonight, and look forward. I wish they'd bring back Debris. Darn it, D-E-B-R-I-S. That was a good show, Debris. All right, well, love and light. Uh, look forward to seeing you all tomorrow and uh, with Richard tonight and tomorrow and Sunday, Survivor, Big Brother. Oh, I never noticed that, but that's the same days I do radio. Fancy that. <laughs> all right, love and light, folks. Uh, just a coincidence. and want another serendipity synchronicity. Now, how do I get off of this radio wave, airwave? Okay. Normally, I play music, don't I? I think so. Let me see if I can get in here to the studio and play you guys some music. So out of here. Love and light, folks. This is uh, consciousness at its best. Bye, Kentucky. Say the bluegrass trains are coming from Beaverdale down to Alabama. The bluegrass trains are coming. Bluegrass trains are coming. Long, long trains running. It's a song.
You'll hear Bill Monroe's a strumming. Lester Platt and Earl Scruggs, Ralph Stanley, Kevin Hugg, as the bluegrass trains are coming. the 